Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and with me here today is the guy who said one day, hey, uh, can I claim Mutant Mayhem? And I said, well, okay, I wasn't planning on doing Mutant Mayhem, but I guess I am doing Mutant Mayhem this oh time. My it's God. Buster! I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just, I, because you've been covering a lot of recent movies, and I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure someone will take Mutant Mayhem, or at least someone in your Discord server, so I'm like, I want that, because you, you were the first person to claim Mutant Mayhem, so it's like, okay, it goes to Buster then. <laughs> yeah. I've just been really excited for this movie, so I want to have an outlet to talk about it, so. Sure, sure. Well, we both watched Mutant Mayhem, the recent Ninja Turtles movie. It came out on a Wednesday of all days. Like, that that's weird. Because, well, see, I understand when movies come out on Wednesdays when it's, like, Thanksgiving or, like, Christmas. But, like, I don't know, just smack dab in the middle of summer in august they're just like oh we're releasing it on a wednesday it's like uh okay it's yeah. kind of weird and that's just typical for animated features you know just you always release them on wednesday to get the early family business in you know i guess i don't know i've never i've never heard of this so like this was just kind of weird but uh buster what'd you think of mutant mayhem I freaking love this movie. And, like, I know you yeah. didn't love everything, and I'm willing to give my defenses, but I still respect your opinion. But, like, I... This is one of my favorite movies of the year. I really dug it. As a big Ninja Turtles fan, I it, it really clicked everything for me, and it was everything I wanted, so... Nice, nice. Well, it's okay that you're wrong, um, but we can get into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked some things about this movie i was annoyed by other things uh and overall i guess maybe i have to be like a diehard ninja turtles fan in order to really like love this um so yeah i'm kind of left just scratching my head being like i mean it's good but like it's not spider-verse you know yeah, oh this ain't no spider-verse like when I give this five stars, that's enjoyment levels. I, I like on my letterbox. You might notice I give a lot of things five stars. That's enjoyment levels. That's not like critical. Critically, this ain't Spider Verse because, but for what it's trying to do, I think it does it really well. I mean, yeah, if you truly think it's five stars, that's fine. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter what something works critically or personally. Like, yeah, if it's five stars, it's five stars. Yeah. Um, but with me, it's definitely not. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I like, understand. I'm just personally i'm speaking personally you know yeah yeah so i want to say right off the bat that yes the animation is obviously the highlight of the movie like it's very very much a unique style because yes i'm saying it's in it's clearly heavily inspired by spider-verse but i don't want to necessarily kind of contain it in one uh you know description of just being like spider-verse because it is it is like, clearly trying to be its own thing. Yeah, because it's know? very much inspired by like, sketchy lines in comic books. Like it does sure. use like techniques like Spider Verse, but the the way it distinguishes itself from that is like more. Let's lean into the gritty '80s kind of gross out original Mirage comics. You know. And sure. I, yeah. And like I like as for Ninja Turtles, like especially like ever since the '80s cartoon, always meant to sell toys. And these are some really good toy designs. Like, I like, they work both for well for the character animation, and they just work well as little action figures. In fact, I already bought one of them, and I mm. want to buy more later when I have the money. 
Yeah, I like the design of the turtles. They're unique enough that they can like stand on their own in terms of like uh, differentiating themselves from other versions of the turtles. But like they also have like uh, unique designs to themselves. Like yeah. you, I especially like the detail of later in the movie when they have their masks off and you know who is who because like in other variations you couldn't necessarily do that. Oh, yeah. So I I appreciate that detail. I mean, unfortunately, I don't like when they take their masks off because that's kind of their identity. It's just yeah, like, uh, I, like I like when they wear the clothes. It's weird. Like I, I like I like when they have color. I just prefer when they have color coordination, even without the masks. But like, yeah. sure, that's fine. But again, like I don't know. Just the, when you take the yeah. you take the Ninja Turtle masks off the Ninja Turtle, it just looks like it looks like blasphemous. I yeah, I mean, like for the babies, it works. But that's because they're babies. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess you could move into some of your, like, what did you didn't enjoy about the movie? I really hated the constant pop culture references. And I've had several people come up to me since I displayed my distaste for them being like, yeah, but they're 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 teenagers. Like, they're just making, like, a bunch of pop culture references. That's how teenagers talk. It's like, no. Like, that is not how teenagers talk occasionally teenagers will make pop culture references and i get that maybe occasionally you'd be like oh i love avengers endgame oh i love attack on titan uh we went did you see that Knicks game it's like okay uh, occasionally i'm fine with that but every other line of dialogue especially in the beginning they're just like hey remember when we went to that Knicks game hey remember when we went to that adele concert hey remember this remember that remember this remember that it's just like constantly constant and i'm like jesus christ like Calm the fuck down. Yeah, I do there. agree on that critique, that defense of like thirteen. That's not why, in my opinion, the pop culture references are there. I think it's more their obsession with the human world is why the pop culture references are there. I do agree, it is a bit much, but by the final act, the way they tie it all in, especially the Attack on Titan reference, I was fine with it. You know, it was like, eh, this is a bit annoying, but they managed to like. I feel like for me, they tied it all in by the end. Although I, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, they they tie it in. So they like related. He's just like, oh, it's just like attack on Titan. We throw the the mutagen at the or like we, we throw the cure at his blowhole similar yeah. to attack on Titan. It's just like, OK, yeah, that's fine. I don't know. It still feels very forced in. No, I and especially understand. and especially how you're saying like, oh, it's the, with their obsession with the human world. It's like, yeah, I get that. They still make it apparent to be like, oh, we love Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, we love Cool Ranch Doritos. It's just like you could just say we love chips and pizza. You don't have to name these brands. Sponsorships. Sponsorships. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's sponsorships. But it's so, so blatant. And the fact that it's every other line of dialogue, it's just like it truly becomes so obnoxious after a while. And it's like usually like this is. I remember like 10 years ago when people were giving the same critiques to Man of Steel, how they're just like, oh, all these product placements. But it's like, at least with Man of Steel, they were just in the background and they didn't call attention to it. They were just having like Superman crash into the IHOP or crash into a U-Haul truck. And it's like, yeah, that's annoying. But at least they never like called upon into it. Whereas like here, they're just like, there's literally that line where they're talking about Mark Ruffalo in Avengers and they're like literally going through every detail. They're just like, Oh, I loved Mark Ruffalo in Avengers Endgame. Remember that scene where he did the dab and they're just like going into it. It's like, no, just be like, I love the Hulk. Like, and just like, leave it at that. I don't know. Just like, it's the constant 
noise that it just permeates in my mind how like these just every line of dialogue every time they feel the need to drop a reference to be like oh i love ferris bueller look they look like tiny shreks it's just like it's it really just sickens you after a while. I'm just like, I just don't want to look at anything brand named ever again after experiencing <laughs> that. No, I, I feel that critique. I don't hundred percent get it, but like, I understand where you're coming from. Like I 100% understand that. Like that could get annoying for some, I guess I'm just numb to it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being chronically online. that I'm just like numb to that shit. So, I mean, the fact that, like, I see this shit online all the time anyway, it's just like, okay, I'm going to the movies to escape that, and, like, here it is again uh, in yeah. our movies. It's just like, all right, well, great, I can't escape this. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, how do you feel about the, like, the character interactions besides the pop culture references? So that's where I can totally buy it. Like, whenever the, like, there's that one scene where, like, the turtles themselves are like, you know, kind of interacting as brothers. And then like April's just like, yeah, if you act like that, your people are not going to like you. It's like a very funny scene. It's like, yeah, because they're literally just shouting nonsense at each other. And it's like, okay, that's where the humor works for me. Cause it's like, okay, well, for one, it's not a pop culture reference. They're just like, you know, making noises and being acting like dumb, stupid teenagers. It's like, okay, more scenes like that. Like if you balanced it out where you had some scenes where they're, referencing pop culture things that they like but also scenes of just general nonsense of them being acting like teenage boys it's like okay now like it's perfect it's golden but the fact that there's like this this imbalance with that it's like that's what really annoys me yeah i i can feel that for like that's about um yeah how do you feel about the the like little opening thing with baxter stockman our only bit glimpse of john carlo esposito in the movie Oh, I was so pissed off that he dies immediately. They're just like, yep, Baxter Stockman's dead. And I'm like, you're, you're, what a waste of Giancarlo Esposito, man. Like, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen him, more of him. But, I mean, it was nice to see him yeah. uh, voice act in a role. And he killed it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's fine if i feel like it's very exposition-y oh, yeah, i was it's just very like it's I... very exposition-y and it, and like that exposition kind of never stops throughout the rest of the movie yeah. so like i may i mean look the action is fine i like the action and again the animation is very good but like uh I, I don't know like i i don't really necessarily needed to see that at the beginning i guess because here's the thing this also ties into the fact that like the movie also feels the need to show the turtle's origin again yeah and it's like that also annoyed me because that reminded me of when in like like you remember in in bvs when like they felt the need to show batman's parents dying again and uh. you're just like you're just like all right i get it. like at this point I'm sure enough people get it. It's like you have these Ninja Turtles that are mutants and the sewers of New York, green ooze got to them. Like, I don't need that explained. I don't need another origin story for them. It's like, just have the movie take place where they're already established. Like, they're just like, you know, running through the streets and fighting petty crime. Like, I don't need this origin spoon-fed to me again. Like, this is like the third iteration of ninja turtles in the last decade is it not 
Well, there's been like fourth because there's TV like, shows too. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. So like, there was the there was like the Nickelodeon show from like 2012. 2012. Yeah. There was the Michael Bay one. There was the Rise of the Ninja Turtles, and now there's this one. So we've had four Ninja Turtle variations. It's like we don't need another yeah. origin story for these characters. Like at this point, we've pretty much figured it out. It would be like if in the new Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, they showed his parents dying once again. You're just like, all right, like that would have absolutely taken me out of the movie because it's like you you clearly don't understand who you're making this movie for. Yeah. Well, then again, like this is supposed to like get like well, one like it, it's supposed to be a start of a TV show according to the executives because they're already even hiring for it and just like said it's happening. So it's like they're trying to like establish the t- like it does kind of have that like pilot movie pacing where it's like you want to cram everything to have it ready for the TV show, you know? Okay, but again, like these are previously established characters that I'm sure even if like the general populace knows of whether or not they know like every nitty gritty detail of their origin, they're aware of who these characters are. And yeah. more or less, like, what they're about. We Again, like, the point is, I don't need to see, like, yeah. the origin at all. Like, and it was incredibly distracting how, like, Jackie Chan Splinter is just like, I'm going to tell you the story again, the long version. And everyone's like, oh, not the long version. It's just like, oh, God, I get it. It's, I, I don't need it. I, I thought I the execution seriously don't need was it. cute. Like, because, like, for me, it's, like, the reason that scene worked, despite it kind of feeling shoehorned in, I just thought it was, I just really liked the performance and, like, the execution of that scene. Like, the little pre-mutagen Splinter rat. That was cute. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, so Splinter in this version is just a normal rat who, like, doesn't know, uh, like, ninjutsu or anything and has to teach it to them anyway. Yeah. Like, is is that, like, like what is the normal version of their origin where like does splinter like know some sort of ninjutsu before okay. teaching them it's complicated because there's not really a consistent thing because usually okay. it's either splinter is hamato yoshi or splinter is the pet rat of hamato yoshi this right. is just a random pet rat so they're kind of right. doing the michael bay thing where it's like he learns ninjutsu through like comedy th- jokes which i'm well, a that, bit mixed see- on See, that's the other thing, too, is like, okay, this is pulling the same thing as the Michael Bay movies, but I guess this one gets a pass. Like, I don't understand why then, because it does the exact same thing. Yeah, well, I get, the execution, I think, is like, it's it's better, and just the, the everything else in the movie counter balances out for me, you know? I, I suppose. It's just incredibly distracting yeah. to have, like, this random rat be like, oh, I'm going to teach you ninjutsu while I also learn ninjutsu, and also we're very good at ninjutsu it's like yeah, well, I, I can I mean, excuse it for the like plot but, i like, guess I understand like for some people yeah, that's a very similitude compromise yeah it's just like okay just, we're doing this again whatever yeah. uh i will say like uh, i do like ice cube uh, well he was this villain right ice cube like yeah ice cube yeah Superfly. i like he is very basic but I think Ice Cube's vocal delivery like made me like him a bit more than he I normally would. It just he had he has the charisma, as the kids say. <laughs> he was good. I like yeah, because he had some very funny lines. Yeah. Um I oh god, there's like this one scene that really annoyed me with him. So it's the scene where like um 
the turtles convince the other mutants to like join their side and they're just like yeah sure and it's like oh okay that was easy actually yeah. but then but so then they're all fighting superfly and there's that scene where like superfly is just like oh the only way you guys are going to be safe is if you listen to me and then like splinter you know it, it cuts to splinter and he has like kind of like this realization moment where he's just like oh you know, and so like it's very subtle because he's just like he has like this subtle realization where it's like, oh, I, I've i been too hard on the boys. I realized like, you know, my overprotectiveness, you know, has kind of uh, has kind of just real like it's it's turning me into like this dude, this like monster dude. But then like Ice Cube as Superfly is just like, hey, rat boy, you and me, we're the same. And he like explains the whole thing to the audience. And it's like, dude, like shut up like god like for god's sake don't explain the themes of the movie to me like be subtle about it like don't explain that shit like you had the mo you had such a brilliant moment of subtlety and you absolutely ruined it and it just it just annoyed the hell out of me it's like fuck's sake yeah i, I can feel that uh yeah did it, uh, I really love the insanity of Superfly's final form, the, the Godzilla form, as they call it. I was thinking Godzilla, sure. and then they say Godzilla, and I'm like, oh, they know. <laughs> they say Godzilla three times. They're just like, hey, it's Godzilla. Hey, look, this is just like Godzilla. It's yeah. just like, once, please, yeah, once. Like, one, just like, yeah, one, that kind of felt a bit much, but like, you know, I don't know. And the movie goes, like, fast enough where I can, like, it paces it. Like, it, it's a very fast-paced movie. It's only 90 minutes, which I think is to its benefit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, not, not just because it's like, oh, I don't like long movies. I just think, like, hey, if, if like, just it goes, it gets everything you need to do ever off the bat, you know? It, it doesn't yeah. overstay its welcome. And I think that's why I'm less annoyed at the problems. Um, I disagree. I think it kind of does overstay its welcome towards the climax, Cause like, well, I, I'm fine with the mutants helping them, but then like, I don't know. I just feel like the climax goes on a little too long because they have that like weird subplot where like, uh, well, I say subplot, but it's like this weird 32nd thing where like the turtles are obviously fighting, uh, ice cube. And then like the news on times square is just like, Oh, these turtles, they're, they're the enemies. And the turtles are like, Oh, they have like that sad emotional scene where like the piano is playing and you're just, and they're just like, Oh, I can't believe we'll never be accepted. It's just like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Like, can we like get to this? Like, why is this here? Like you just had your emotional third act scene. Like, why are we doing this again? And then like, why would these people realistically view them as the enemy when they're so obviously fighting Ice Cube? Like, I don't understand, like, why they're doing this. Like, it's, it's, and plus the fact it gets solved within two minutes later because the, April goes on live TV and is just like, no, they're the good guys. And then New York all of a sudden sides with them. It's like, oh, how, like, non tense was that? Like, everybody just kind of believes this teenager who just goes on live television is just like, Hey, they're good. They're the good, they're the good guys. Even though we were just saying they were the bad guys. It's like, it, it's, I get it. You want a scene where the humans help the turtles, but then wouldn't it be a lot more, I don't know, like profound if like there were like several human characters that just decided to help them 
because they felt like helping them like why do we need april to be like oh go help them because they're actually good because i'm a teenager on live television that's I, I telling you to go like, do that they were like i think they were like maybe correct me if i'm wrong i think they just like april didn't really say go help them she just like tried to like clear their name and then people are like we gotta help them like on their own volition at least that's how right, I- right, but but they but they didn't do it on their own volition. Like they're doing it because so yeah, April doesn't tell them go and help them, but the fact that they're like they need to be told through the news that they're the good guys rather than just seeing that they're fighting an ice cube whale. Like I don't know, it's it's just it kind of dehumanizes these background characters that we're supposed to feel for because then it's just like i don't know it doesn't feel triumphant when they help like it feels forced when they help it's like ah i get it because the whole movie splinter's been like humans are awful humans are awful and it's like oh but in the end we learn that humans not all humans are awful it's just like it feels forced it feels i'm i'm not really seeing the triumphant nature in this climax yeah, I disagree, but you know, you you it's it's you you argued it fine. You argued it like well, why you don't you didn't really feel it, you know? I mean, that's the thing. It's like I just I don't really see what is so spectacular about the storytelling of this movie outside of the animation. Like, yes, the animation is very very good, but I'm not getting like this really interesting story told to me through that animation. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I, I think I just, I'm very, like, used to, like, again, I am, I have a, I, when I get into a franchise, I really get into it, so it's, like, I, like, get all, not even just the references, but it's just, like, the way these characters act kind of tickles my brain, you know? I just, like, see- I mean, I- there, there's like several sequences I like. I like the montage set to No Diggity, yeah. where they're just like going to like these different gangs and they're like fighting them. It's like, and like the song choice is very fun and yeah. like the animation actually goes with the song. It's like, okay, this is fun. I like this. And that's the thing is like when it comes to pop culture references in the movie, whenever they like play a licensed song, it's like, okay, now like this is the kind of pop culture reference I'm okay with because. You know, similarly to Spider-Verse, the music choice kind of reflects what the characters would listen to. So it's like, okay, that makes sense to me. Like, more stuff like that, please. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, I, I just the entire soundtrack I really like. Like, especially, I like the, when the, after the opening scene of Baxter, where, like, you hear, where you hear the title theme, where it's like, you see the mutagen mm. go into the title theme. I've been listening to that track a lot because i just really it's a good it. score yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna sound like an asshole for bringing up spider-verse once again it, it does feel very heavily influenced by spider-verse but in a way that it feels like it's trying to be its own thing similar to the animation style yes it's heavily influenced but i still feel like it's trying to be its own thing and i'm a, I'm a sucker for that synthy uh pop kind of score yeah the little i like the little clicks um like, it kind of reminds me of, like, a radio. Like, I'm just, like, a radio noises you just, like, fiddle yeah. around with. I don't know. Which kind of adds to, like, the DIY, he like, human obsession of the, like, turtles in the movie, you know? Yeah, sure. I can appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just, gen- like, I-, I generally just vibe with, like, it's hard to explain, like, vibes, you know? Like, I know you're, you're more, like, you can argue your critical thinking a bit more. Uh, I just, like, the, I just really just enjoyed my time, like, just watching the movie. Not even just, like, the animation, but just, just the, the way the characters talk and act. And, yeah, like, some of the lines could get a bit grating, but, like, they move past it quick enough for me, at least. And, like, it's always on to something. 
like new and exciting at least to like me and just like oh here's a new cool character here's a cool little set piece you know i mean that's the thing is like i was not a huge spider-man fan before spider-verse and yet that movie was able to kind of take its cliches and its animation style and really you know make something special where like if that movie has any cliches or things that annoy me like they're kind of covered over by the fact that it's just a very compelling story and a very compelling character piece. Whereas I don't get that here. Like I just see, I just see style. Like that's all I see is the style. And it's like, okay, I'm sure if I was a hardcore Ninja Turtles fan, I would be able to just vibe with it too, but I can't like, I I don't think it's a bad movie per se. I think it's quite good considering the animation style. Like if this movie did not have the animation style, it, had like i would have rated it a lot lower so and especially this and also the score like if it didn't have that awesome score like it would be ranked a lot lot lower so it's really like the technicals that kind of elevate the movie for you i mean that's how it always turns out i feel like i'm always praising technical aspects of a movie and then the writing just leaves me wanting more and it just sours the whole experience so yeah understandable yeah uh yeah, I think that's all we have to say on Mutant Mayhem. I really liked it. I most—I know it was mostly Hal complaining, but I really liked it. Like, I thought the voice performances were very cool. Like, I like how like all the I like I like when animated films where like the main characters are voiced by either unknowns or professional voice actors because a lot of the, the turtles of kids have done voice acting before. Like, I know like yeah. the big one everyone pointed out was Leonardo was Gumball at one point. Um, yeah. And, like, you can really tell while, well, like, all the other characters are ce- are the obligatory celebrities. So, you know, it's like you still get that, like, fresh talent, but you still got to fill the studio quota, you know? Raphael is played by uh, Greg Heffley. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but, I... not, but not Greg Heffley, the original. Greg Heffley, the one from the Disney Plus animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. I... I only watched the first one, and I think it was when with the shiny cast commentary you guys did like a while back. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think, were you a part of that commentary? I forgot. Yeah, I was. I because I remember watching it, and I remember uh, oh, who was complaining about Manny's meat flaps. It was either <laughs> maybe it was Chris, maybe it was James, maybe it was Patrick. I don't probably remember, James because like, you know he knows probably James. Yeah, did jokes. Yeah, but I just remember uh, Manny's meat flaps. Fuck, that was an ugly ass movie. And then we watched, and then I watched Roderick Rules in my own server. And oh, I have never said fuck you louder to a movie more than at the end when uh, it faded, it like faded away. And then, like, uh, no, before the credits rolled, it said, like, in memory of Ed Asner. And I was just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, what a, it was one of his last performances. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what what a what a what a what a bad couple of movies those Disney Plus Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies were. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, let's move on to movies I know you will like. Uh, well, well. So Mutant Mayhem. Uh, yeah, I've pretty much said my stuff. Again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's very flawed and the flaws really do annoy me. Um, but if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you'll probably like it. Buster, you're a Ninja Turtles fan. You liked it. Yeah. So, hey, uh, I, <laughs> go, 
Good for you. I've guys. just seen a lot of non Ninja Turtles fans who are just like animation fans just really like it. So if you like, maybe if you're like into like animation or those action 80s cartoon lines, you know. Yeah. But as for me, I still prefer the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie, which I have talked about on the podcast. Yeah, I like before. that movie a lot. Uh, I still like it. Like I still, it's a, it's probably the best live action one. They got it right on mm-hmm. the first try, and then everything after that was a. Uh, I will say, I think this was a better. What were th- they thinking? Yeah, uh, this was a better animated feature than the 2007 feature. I know a lot of people like that. It has good moments, but I found it painfully boring. And I say that as someone- I still haven't seen it. Oh. I I feel I think I watched the nostalgia critic review of it like years ago, but I don't remember anything oh, about that, it. Like there's some good scenes, but that movie is painfully boring. And I say it as well. someone who's watched <laughs> it multiple times as a little kid. I still like when I watch it older. I'm like this is kind of boring. So yeah, not just me. I'm though. sure I'll watch it someday. I mean, there's plenty of Ninja Turtles movies I have yet to see. This is the only the second Ninja Turtles movie I've talked about on the podcast. Yeah. So we'll definitely get to it. But hey. Uh, before we get to our second movie, let's wrap this up. Um, would you own Mutant Mayhem in your collection? Oh, you're really thinking about this one, huh? Yes, I am actually, ple- no, I'm, I guess, sorry, just uh, Discord glagged, uh, but like, oh. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I'm actually planning, like, because I know, like, animated features like these are better about bonus features, so I am planning to pick up mm-hmm. the Blu-ray when it drops, so. Nice. Yeah, I don't normally okay. do that for movies. Honestly, like I'm just like I I'm legit like I want to get this on Blu-ray because I do feel mm. like this is gonna be a big comfort movie for me, like Spider Verse, like other like Wally. You know, I feel like this could be a big one of those animated features that just comforts me. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not there with you. I. <laughs> I, I don't know, because, like, again, like, I like the animation style, and, again, I thought it was a fun movie, but, like, again, not enough not enough that I would probably add this to the collection. Um, I'm still trying to find a version of the 90s movie to add to my collection, because I did say I wanted to add that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have not been able to find a version that I like. I've So I go to Bull Moose, and I try to find it on, like, this... Uh, specific dvd that omega was telling me about where it's like it was essentially the dvd i had but the case was white and i think that's very visually striking or i could just find it on blu-ray like either or i keep finding ninja turtles 3 on blu-ray in that store more than any other versions of ninja turtles oh, like there, no. I, I, I have come across like seven copies on blu-ray seven copies of ninja turtles 3 on blu-ray it's like i was this close to buying it for the bit and making that the movie we talk about today, but I I just didn't have it in me for the bit. I was not. You, I'm you've not, already I, bit yourself out with Showgirls. True, but like I have seen Ninja Turtles three, and it's not very fun from what I remember. Yeah. So I'll just if I ever watch Ninja Turtles three again, uh, I'll have to really be sure it'll be like an a Ninja Turtles episode yeah. centric episode. Yeah, just just call yeah. call me, call me when you. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, but yeah, we're we're done with Mutant Mayhem, you'd say? Yeah. We could move on to the other comic book reboot movie we're talking about today. Yeah. So, because you forced my hand and made me talk about Mutant Mayhem, we had to t- think of a different movie to talk about as well. One that's actually in my collection, and I'm glad you chose the one you chose. So, 
today for the uh, obligatory uh, Blu-ray in my collection. We're talking about Dread uh, from 2012? 2012. Yeah. That's the... Starring Carl uh, Urban. Starring Carl Urban. It's the Judge Dread movie that they made in 2012 that was years after the Stallone Judge Dread movie. Yeah. They just called it Dread. Um, and yeah, I've always heard that people like this one and they're pissed that it never really went anywhere. Like it was just the movie. And I was a little worried because usually whenever people are just like, oh, this movie's so underrated. And then I watch it and like 80% of the time, I'm just like, well, there's a reason it's, you know, it never really, uh, was a success is because it sucks. <laughs> but this is one of those times where I'm siding with the populace on this one. I really liked this movie. I really did. I had a, I was very much surprised by Dread. Um, so Buster, what did you think of Dread? Well, I have not watched the Stallone movie. I have not read the comic, which I probably should have because mm -hmm. I do read comics a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I was reading some comics before this podcast, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but like... As for what I know about Dread, and I did a little bit of Wikipedia research of, like, the creator and stuff, this was a really solid movie. It's, doesn't, it's not really, like, a movie, like, I normally go out of my way to see, but for mm. what it is, it's pretty solid. I really like Carl Urban's performance as the titular character. I really like the- I, I love that he never took his helmet off. Yeah, that's, like, because the thing everyone loves about this movie is that it's more accurate to the comic. And apparently mm -hmm. he doesn't take his helmet off in the comic because they wanted to show, like, more Stallone face in the original 90s movie. But, like, here, yeah. it's like, well, Carl Urban wasn't a big star, like, as big as he was in 2012, to my knowledge. So it's like, hey, here, here's just him, Dread. He fully immerses himself as the character. I mean, even still, like, just the fact that they show restraint and they're just like, no, we're not going to have this character take his helmet off. It's just like, great. You showed more restraint than the Mandalorian. I really appreciate that. Like, if you're going to have a character and, like, obscure their face, like, I really like the um, bit of just trying your damnedest to just never show their face. It's just, like, great. Like, I really think that's interesting because, you know, yes, a lot of acting is in the face, but, like, uh, I feel like Carl Urban works where you never see his actual face because, you know, the movie's not really about carl urban as dread like it's pretty much just uh a movie where he it's it's just like a it's just like a side a side adventure like there's no world ending stakes it's just him and this rookie uh oh i forgot the character's name it's uh anderson they're going they're like called they're like called to like uh deal with this uh uh this drug cartel led by this hooker and that's the movie yeah, like they're just go they're just it's a very bottled kind of movie where like you're just trapped in one location and the uh interesting thing about that one location is that it's an entire neighborhood so yeah. it's like it's really clever in that sort of yeah, sense it's just one single mission and i think that makes the movie more focused rather than trying to cram like a three-act mission structure which like i like yeah. when movies do that but i think for this movie it just worked better to just have one singular mission that just has I like multiple threats like multiple goons to fight yeah yeah they're just they're just going after hired goons and that's enough like i don't know i feel like 
in any other movie, they would have been like, they would have overexplained the mega city, how they're just like, oh, well, at the beginning, they're just like, this is mega city one, a stretch of buildings that, that, you know, go from Boston to Washington, D.C. And it's just like, what? That's stupid. But then like, the, you know, you just kind of move on from that. They don't really explain anything beyond that. visual storytelling in the movie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's obviously based off of a comic book like only a comic could come up with such a stupid idea as like an entire city in the northeast region of america but like i don't know like it 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 knows what to explain and what to keep like out of the movie like it's very focused in that kind of way and that's what i really appreciated about this movie is like it was super focused like what you saw is what you got. Like, yeah. there was nothing beyond that. Yeah. And, like, I, I could see, like, why it didn't really connect with audiences initially. It's like, oh, it's a bit basic for, like, a big budget, like, action film of the year. But that's kind of, that basic leads to its strengths and to its, like, really cool, like, visuals and, like, gunplay, you know? Oh, my God. The action is so, like, tight and paced very well and it's not like uh you, you know you're not getting like super uh john wick tier action here yeah. but like i'm not begging for john wick tier action in a movie like this like i feel like the world building and the visuals are enough like we, uh, and again like it's not trying to be anything bigger than just like this one mission that these characters are on like there's no world ending threat there's no like big overarching uh conspiracy plot there's no like uh dreads past like it kind of hints at that at the beginning where like you know so the character of anderson is a psychic never explained but you know what i'm glad that it never explains it never goes into detail like oh these characters exist because blah 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 and the lore and it's just like i i would not have cared like just leave it as oh she's a psychic okay moving on And so then she's able to like read Dredd's thoughts at the beginning and she's like, there's something more. But then it never really goes beyond that. We don't really learn much about Judge Dredd as a character. But like, I don't know. Like, I think because the movie is more focused on the plot, that's all you really need. Yeah, and like, even that Dredd in this movie is kind of like the faceless executioner, you know? Right. What more do you need from that? Like that's kind of his that's kind of his character essentially is that he's so like held back and like you know you don't really know a whole lot about him. It's like okay, I kind of like that. And I like how like you know Anderson is like this yes, she's like this character who's a psychic, but like you still get an understanding of what her character is about, how she's like this rookie and like she tries to do things by the books but like she realizes along the way that's really really hard to do like oh god i love the scene where like she like uh dread tells her to like shoot that guy so she shoots him and then later on she real when she's like being uh when she's hiding out in that apartment she realizes the woman who lives in that apartment is the wife of the guy she uh, she shot it's like great like oh god it's so like it's so tragic because the movie doesn't really uh, it doesn't really keep on that. Like it doesn't really do anything more than that. Like you, you just see the family pictures and then she moves on. It's like it's tragic enough because you as the audience member know that like it doesn't over explain that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. 
I, I 100% get it. It's very, it's very simplistic, but it uses that simplicity to its strength. I will say... Exactly. Uh, like, I kind of feel like the my only, like, complaint with, like, the action... The slow-mo gets a bit much. I think the slow-mo's a bit much for me. Um, uh, I, I, you know what? I didn't mind it because it knew to keep the slow-mo to whenever somebody was, like, using that slow-mo drug. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I just forgot. They, they, they made, like, an in-universe explanation for the slow-mo. Actually, I really like that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that's the thing. Is like, so, the, in the movie, there's this drug that's called slow-mo, where, like, time slows down for you. It's... It was it was written for a comic book movie like it is so stupid, but like it knows it's stupid. And yeah, it keeps the slow mo scenes, those like spectacle slow mo scenes to when like you're from the perspective of someone on the drug. So like instead of it being like a Zack Snyder movie, we're like, oh, we're we have slow mo bits sometimes, but not always. You know, like it there is an in-universe explanation for why there's slow-mo scenes. And the slow-mo scenes are actually filmed really cool. Like, you know, not only does do things move in slow-mo, but like, you know, the colorization kind of changes. It's a lot more spectacle. Like you see you really like it really slows it down to a point that you can appreciate what it's what is being slowed down you know and like i said in the Zack snyder movie when it's slow-mo it's entirely random and it's supposed to like you're supposed to like focus in on something being really cool but it never is like morbius there's oh several God. scenes in morbius where like morbius like we're like you know it's it it goes in slow-mo and you're just supposed to be like oh look how morbius is going slow-mo isn't that cool but it looks lame whereas like here there's like actually attention and thought put into how they want to film the slow-mo, you know? There's style. Yeah. There is style. I also like, I guess we could mention like, the, this also ties back to your Blu-ray, the 3D aspect. This film was heavily hyped up on its 3D. I watched a 2D copy of the movie yeah. from other places. Uh, but like, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it kind of feels like, I, like the slow-mo scenes feel like that's where the 3D a gimmick came in but it still like felt like for my 2d version it's still like what went well you know yeah so this is a 3d blu-ray that i have it on um unfortunately i also watched the 2d version because my blu-ray player does not have a 3d setting so like it didn't really do anything like it was just like oh we can't play the 3d version it's like oh okay but yeah no like you said even in 2d the movie looks great like i still can appreciate the slow-mo scenes even though i can't really appreciate when it's trying to do that stuff in 3d yeah uh yeah i think it's not really like um it's a very simple story and just... it is incredibly simple yeah. yeah and i really do appreciate that because like again it could have absolutely like it could have absolutely overexplained everything. Like if it had themes, I don't know if it did like it's messaging. Like, I don't know if it really had like a stance one way or the other in terms of whatever it was trying to have a message on. I don't know, but quite frankly, that's for me to discover then it's like, Oh great. I don't know what it's trying to go for, but that means upon subsequent re rewatches, I can then discover that because that's kind of the beauty of film is like you want to you want to return to a movie over and over again to appreciate the stuff that it does. Because if it just, you know, outright explains everything or like puts everything up front, then it, it leads to like, you know, 
the subsequent rewatches being less and less impactful. Whereas I feel like this is definitely going to get better upon rewatch where I get, I get to like appreciate like little details here and there. Well, from what I understand, uh, it's kind of like a, basically like it's very straight faced in terms of it's like depiction of like police law enforcement. Of sure. just like it is, this is very much like there is the joke or satire is not really like a, a jokey joke or like it's meant to be like it's just meant to be like here is the thing this thing it like it makes you like come this is how it is and then it leaves the audience to be like oh so that's well, just give mm. it a little thought at least that's how i like i still need to do a bit more research but like from what i understand about dread and this film that's what i got you know where it's like ah. it's very much about law enforcement and stuff and like the very very much like showgirls oh uh, my god <laughs> yeah yeah the two the two chronic achievements of satire Dr- dread 2012 and showgirls yeah exactly oh um <laughs> i just wanted to also mention uh lena hetty i think that's how you say her say her name she was the she was mama she was like yeah. the prostitute turned like drug kingpin yeah she was great oh, yeah. i I thought this was a really fascinating character to have as your main villain. You have like this essentially tragic prostitute character turned evil scumbag like and she was great. She was super super uh simple yeah. also like the main characters, but like in a way that like you can still pick up on things. Like the way that she will just like, you know, hold one of her henchmen up with like a knife up to his stomach and, and like have him on call with like trying to hack like a system. Like it's like, you get it. Like you get it. Like she's a super, super serious and super like tragic uh, figure, tragic figure, but also just a huge scuzz bag. And she has such a great death scene too. how she's just like, well, first of all, I like the, I like the ending how like she's just like I have all of this uh all these explosives rigged to my heartbeat and once I once I die everything goes kaboom and then Dredd just shoots her anyway because he was like bullshit yeah. and turns out she was full of shit like th- there were no explosive it's like holy crap like the cojones on <laughs> Dredd there yeah. to like but like I think that really just ties into like he's tired he doesn't care and quite frankly I just I think that's a really fascinating character motive or character move just to be like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't believe you. And just straight up shoots her. It's like I can't understand that or I can't sympathize with that. I would never do that. I would have fallen for it. But like I think that just shows you like how cool of a character he is. And then he's just like, all right, you're under arrest. Penalty. Death. Makes her take the drug and like throws her over, <laughs> over the side of the yeah, building. I love throwing people off buildings in this movie. I appreciate I it. I mean, you have a tall building. Yeah, like, you gotta, that's you what you're gonna do. You gotta keep doing it. <laughs> and I love, oh god, I love how like when she falls and like you see from the perspective of like uh, looking up and like she like hits the pavement and you actually see like her head explode as she hits the pavement from like the perspective of the pavement so like it, it it looked really really cool how she her like head explodes and you're just like oh like that's that's how you go out with like killing off your villain in a movie like this like beautifully done yeah and it's like just the it's very interesting and honestly i'll be i'll be real when i saw like the dystopian post-nuclear wasteland stuff 
I'm like, oh, this kind of already feels like, of course, it's like sci-fi, like extra armor, but it already feels mm-hmm. like, yeah, this already kind of feels like real life right now. <laughs> I don't know, like, man, yeah. <laughs> but like, like, I mean, when you have like the lower levels, like, especially yeah. when you have like the, like at the beginning when like there's that like guy on the loose and he's like shooting people in a mall and then like dread kills him. And then you have like the cleaning service, like picking up like the dead bodies and the cleaning up the blood. And you hear like over the intercom, like the mall will reopen in 30 minutes. It's just like, oh, 30 minutes. You guys better get this cleaned up. Like, but, you know, they're you they they have protocol for that. kind of like Like, also it it emphasizes the the satir, the satirical elements are more subdued than like Mm -hmm. previous entries. It's like it's very much if you catch it, you catch it like. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I love films like that. I want films where I, as an audience member, can learn these things and not have it spoon fed to me. I'm a bit like mixed. I feel like it depends on the execution, but I think here it's executed fine, you know? Yeah. I really, I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Yeah. It it just like, it could be a tight, tight rope to walk if you don't know what you're doing, but this film knows what it's doing. Uh, Exactly. yeah. 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 Um, I think that's all we have to say. It's like dread, simple but very yeah. fun movie. Yeah, exactly. I think this is again, like I've said, this is one I definitely need to revisit to truly appreciate a lot more. I gave it like three and a half stars, but I could see it going yeah. up and up, like upon rewatch. Yeah. I feel like I could see it if I like if I maybe if I learned more about the comics, if I like learned about like what the original comic was going for, and then like seeing how they adapted, I could see it go into four stars for me too. Um, I just need to like do research because that's just yeah. that's just how I like, kind of like do films like and not like as franchises but like okay what are they trying to go for let me research the backstory of the film because I feel like the yeah. backstory of like either in the real life production or the franchise production will like lend me a new angle to the film not just me though yeah I feel like I'm good with where I'm at with dread like yeah. I don't really need to do any more research but like. I, I think that's what makes this movie much more compelling is that I don't need to do research in order to fully appreciate it. Yeah. Like I can just watch it as is and I know what and I and I feel satisfied. Yeah. Regardless. I, I like, can understand that. Yeah. Like I don't need to be like a huge Dr- Judge Dredd fan yeah. to understand what works about this movie or to understand that it's a good movie. Yeah. I just need to watch it as a movie yeah, i'm just more talking about like a deeper appreciation yeah. for it not like sure uh how do i explain it? it's not like just i want to have a deeper appreciation because i liked it so much so i want to do research that's why i try to say yeah are you gonna watch the sylvester stallone movie at all eventually we'll see yeah like I, it'll take some I'll, time uh but like i'll probably revisit the nostalgia critic review oh my first. god of course uh, of course this yeah. guy this guy the law law yeah, I I will def- I'll probably check out the comic before the Stallone movie because you know I, I sure. like comics. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Ah, uh, well, uh, then let's talk about this Blu-ray yeah. that I have Dread on. So yeah, as I said, it's a 3D Blu-ray, um, but it was a Blu-ray I could just play normally too. Um, but unfortunately, I really gotta think about this, or I really gotta like gotta be honest here it's like okay this is a 3d blu-ray but i can't watch the 3d version of it i can only watch the 2d version it's like okay then why would i ever own the 3d blu-ray of it then and also this fucking blu-ray does the thing i hate 
a lot when it comes to Blu-rays and DVDs. The case has the recycling logo edged out in it. Yikes. So, like, yeah, you have the holes. So the box is a lot flimsier than it would be if you just didn't do that. I can't stand that. Sometimes I'll keep a movie like that, but I just, I really can't stand cases like this. And again, like I said, it's a 3D Blu-ray. I wasn't able to appreciate it in 3D, so... I am getting rid of this Blu-ray. I I think Dread as a movie has a place in my uh, collection, so I could probably own it on like 4K. Yeah, I just they, found like I just exists. I looked up. Yeah, it, there is a 4K of the movie for less than twenty dollars right, cool. on Amazon. So go oh, go get nice. it. Nice. Yeah, maybe I'll get it on Amazon. Maybe I'll find it in Bull Moose. Regardless, next time I go physical media hunting, I am definitely or hopefully going to add Dread to that list because Dread. The 3D Blu-ray has no place in the collection, but Dread the movie does. Yeah. I'm glad we both got to experience such a solid movie. Yeah. Exactly. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up? Uh, Should I plug my stuff? Yeah, I think it's that time of time of the episode for you to plug your stuff. Buster, uh, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Hi, I do a bunch of YouTube videos on a bunch of things. I do regular analysis videos on whatever is itching me at the time. I do a podcast series on my channel called Lakewood Podcast Turbo, where me and my buddy Wyatt and along of a guest will go over every episode of OKKO. We're getting like... We're getting up to the end of the first half of season one. Very exciting. Also have a podcast channel that Hal guest starred on at one point called Modular Media. I did. Where, uh, there was... When was this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like we have uh, various podcasts on there. Too many to list, but we have guests and fun times are had and we make fun of Elon Musk because every internet user should do that. Uh, speaking of Elon Musk, I have a Twitter if you so choose to follow me there. But I also have a Tumblr and a Letterbox. Uh, Letterbox is kind of like, it's it's weird. It's it's not a normal Letterbox. I'll put it that way. It's like this ain't your grandma's what Letterbox. So go follow me there. Mm-hmm. All right then, cool. All right, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Buster. This was uh, very cool. Yeah. We got to watch Ninja Turtles and Dread, and that's one more Blu-ray out of the uh, pile of Blu-rays and DVDs and VHS <laughs> tapes behind my laptop. So, I, I I do appreciate this episode. Aww. This was this was good. Thank you so much. And hey, like a couple more guest spots, and I get a free ice cream, right? Uh. No, you get to be released from my basement is what happens. You put all your guests in your basements. I do. I do. What of it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you, the listener, for listening to this podcast. If you want to support the show, give a like, give a comment. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. That's fine, too. Uh, Also, be on the lookout for shorts. Uh, I make shorts of some of the episodes sometimes. I'm sure I'll make a short of this episode. I don't know when or of what, but some point. Also, sometimes I stream. Uh, I might be streaming in the coming week. My birthday is coming up. I might want to uh, stream on that day. That'll be interesting and fun. Um, but yeah, that, that. thanks for listening. And uh, always remember... Uh, 
Buster, you're under penalty for liking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Sentence Death. Aww. Kablooey, I I killed you. Okay, bye everybody. (laughs)